Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. So we are now in March, March, 2023. Wow. And in the theme of be expansive, it's another E. So the team and I thought energy, let's talk about energy. Do you have energy? Do you want some energy? Do you need to like clear some stuff out so you can be energetic? Or is it new energy that feels like it's coming in from the outside, whether it's uh, going to work, as a lot of people are back at work, going to work and feeling the pressure of other people's agendas or other people's energy. Because we're all energetic beings. And what happens is we can, when we are aware, and I invite you to become aware, we can tune in to other people's energy. And so it's, it's important to be aware that our energy in humanity mingles, right? So I'll give you a little, oh, I'm going to give you a little tip on how to manage your energy. Before you leave the house, take a moment to take just a very deep breath. Actually, you could do it before you even get out of bed. Take a very deep breath with your feet on the ground. So you're grounded on planet Earth mother earth and just envision a bubble of love surrounding you from the top of your head all the way around you in front of you behind you going under your feet and it's just this bubble of love and just fill it up with love and this this is your energy protection device you could even see yourself inside a mirror ball which that mirror those mirrors on the ball will reflect anything unlike love that's coming at you. So when you go out into the world or you interface with people at work, you are energetically held in a bubble of love. So the only thing that can interact with you is love. Try it out. Let me know what happens. You can contact me through the website, susanburrell.com. I'm curious to see what you discover by developing a bubble of love around you so that your life becomes even more expansive and even more empowering. Enjoy our shows this month. Okay, you guys, we're going to see how this goes because I have my two dogs in the office, Macy, who's five, and our new puppy, Buster Brown, who's three and a half, and he found his voice. So we'll see if he's going to talk to us, sing to us, or just say, I'm annoyed. And we'll just go from there. So I, you know, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed with what I do as a podcaster because I get to meet amazing individuals who are doing incredible work in the world and and I learn so much. And so I, I'm going to be interviewing the author of Embrace Your Empathy, Make Sensitivity Your Strength, Christy Robinette. Christy, thanks for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. So I was saying to you before we recorded that your book, when I received it, I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm an empath. I'll just 
you know, and I started on page one. I hardly ever do that when I get a book. I open it in the middle. I'm like, oh, that's a good book. Yeah, I like that. All right. This, I started on page one. I read it to the end. I underlined so much because I would say 80% of your book, you were describing me and my life experience as an empath and things that I didn't know that I thought I was just like crazy nuts, you know? So, right. so this is a great book for people if you if you think you might be empathic. So let's talk about, because you let's talk about what listed in the book. I love that you've got uh, bullet points on what different categories are. But let's talk about what being an empath actually means for people that don't really know, you know, or understand that. Sure. And I think that there's a bit of a stigma with that as well. And again, you know, with the title of let's make it your strength, because there's such the stigma of it's a weakness. So an empath is somebody who feels energy and they feel it more so than maybe the quote average person does. And they feel it in different categories. Like you said, I have it kind of bulked in different chapters because there are different empaths and somebody can be one of those empaths and some of can be more than one or all of them as well. It doesn't make you a superhero. In fact, a lot of people think that it makes them less than, unfortunately. And it's why I wrote the book because I was seeing so many of my clients and even my own kids being told, you know, don't cry, you know, chin up. It's, you know, you're in the corporate world now, toughen up. And I wanted to make sure that people were allowed, given the opportunity to know that there's more than just them, they weren't alone, and that they needed to be their own unique unicorn. They needed to be their own self, and that nobody is allowed to tell them to be otherwise. And and I used the scenario in the book, and I, I used it with my kids when they were growing up, is nobody can tell you to turn your beautiful blue eyes to brown. If you put contacts in and make them brown, your eyes are still blue. They're still right. blue. So, you know, you can pretend for as long as you can pretend, but you can't make it any other way. You just have to learn how to love your blue eyes. And that is the whole purpose with the book to help people realize that it is a positive and how to work with being an empath and how to strengthen that and how to create healthy boundaries because of it. Right. You know, and it's interesting, um, growing up, we're talking about you too sensitive. There was a lot of, for me, uh, I was empathic and didn't know it because I was shamed. It, you know, my mother. Right. It, so what I noticed in hindsight is that um, the those of us that are different, we make people uncomfortable. Like I, I was in a networking group of women, and and I'm I'm a, the empath that feels everything in the room, and I can and I can zero in without, you know, I try not to, but I can zero in on the person that's in in need some help. And I walked up to this one woman just to introduce myself, and as soon as I shook her hand, I was like, oh, there's the, mm. and she's like, what? I said, uh, well. I'm I'm just an intuitive healer. And she goes, oh, my God, are you psychic? I'm like, no, no, no. But, you know, and there was so much going on with her and and she didn't want to know. 
And, and, and she thought I was weird, you know? It's like, right. okay, I'm I'm staying away from her because she's weird. Except that this happened hell. Yeah, yeah, I embrace weird now. And I teach kids to embrace their weird because that is where the depression and the anxiety and why am I not accepted and why am I not this? And we do it as adults as well. Why wasn't I invited to that conference? Why didn't I get picked up for this or that? Why them? We do that, you know, even in our 50s, we do that. And so, and, and we still, we don't necessarily stop doing that. But I do think that we heal a bit more and it doesn't affect us as much when we start to embrace who we truly are. With the understanding of what it truly is. Right, right. Well, it, you know, to me, um, knowledge is it's the thing that sets you free, you know, because if you can understand yourself and 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 become illuminated from the inside out in terms of who you are and why you function that way. Then it helps. Can you guys hear Buster? He's he's telling me he doesn't want to be in his crate uh -huh. a little bit. Okay, but it makes sense, you know. And even you saying that you, you know, you were attracted to that person because empaths tend to tune into the broken, and it doesn't mean that they're a terrible broken person. But we do tend to say they're broken. We've got healing tools. We've got an ability to give them some of our light. And that is, again, one of the things, the tools that I have in there is making sure you're not getting too cut by these broken people and that you know the boundaries. And, and I think over the last even year for me, I've realized I need to not give advice to somebody who's not asking advice of me because I'm wasting the energy that I'm upset that they're not taking my advice. And it was a really big aha moment for me because I want to heal them. I know how they can fix it. Right. And then, the, and they're complaining about the same thing over and over, right? You know, they'll complain about their spouse, you know, or whatever, their mother, and you'll, you'll give this great advice and you know it's going to work. And then the next week they give the same, you know, complaint and you're, you give that same advice that you add on to it and it continues this, you know, circle, this vicious circle. Right. Who is getting more upset about it? The empath who's trying to help heal. And they're not asking. They just maybe want to listen. You know, someone. Right. So, right. And, you know, and I, so I started to hear you're casting pearls before swine. You know, people that really weren't ready or didn't want to change, grow up, become self-responsible. And I was the one running around going, oh, you know, when I would feel that, oh, here, let me. Let me inform you. Let me give something to you. Let me help you. And I, I, it, it, I still have to ask myself: Is this, is this mine to do? Is this important for me to do this now? So, um, Chrissy, let's talk about the different kinds of uh, impasse that there are. But hold on, let me just deal with my puppy. I'm just going to put everything on pause. Right, resuming. So there are, you've discerned that there are several different kinds of empaths, but they can also cross over, right? There can be several kinds. You can, yeah. So the first one is physical empath. And the physical empath is um, where we feel it in our physical body. So if you've ever went to, say you're in Target, and all of a sudden you get a headache, or all of a sudden you have a stomach ache, or 
you're just feeling it, that gut instinct you feel in your physical being in some way, shape, or form, whether you get the butterflies or you get that sinking feeling. That is a physical unpath. And a lot of times people even think that, you know, we're hypochondriacs, you know, in a way, because we end up picking up on that energy that's not really ours, but we do absorb it and our physical body starts to take it as ours. And we can turn it into a cellular level. A lot of those that are physical empaths often have autoimmune disorders or fibromyalgia or unexplained aches and pains or food sensitivities. And it, it can be um, exhausting, you know, especially when you're in a room with angry people or if you're in a room with ill people mentally as well. Or those, and, or those like going to the hospital or those going through chemo or doing that, it can be really, really exhausting. Um, ironically, a lot of physical empaths end up choosing healthcare. This is so funny. Yeah. I have a couple, I have a couple friends who are nurses and they are so empathic. And, and then when they get a little sick, they're like, I, you know, I just caught something. No, it's Chancey Cannon brought it home with you. Yeah, right. I, I actually have a funny story with that real quick. I I was doing a paranormal investigation at an old tuberculosis hospital. And I came back and I ended up getting like pneumonia or a bronchial thing. And now you're in old dusty buildings and it's cold and it's, you know, it's dirty and there's animals that shouldn't be in there you know so of course I'm like of course I got it from you know that I ended up going to my doctor because I was getting more and more ill and he's like it's so weird it's almost like you have tuberculosis and I went wait, wait what and he's like where have you been Christy and I'm like still at an old TB hospital ended up I just had pneumonia but I had taken on those exact same symptoms of TB to the point where he gave me a TB test because he was very, very concerned that I had somehow, somehow contracted that. So right. that is like that physical. Normally, it's not to that degree. Normally, it's like you've got that headache from your child or you've got that stomach ache, you know, from from your spouse. Typically, it's not yeah. to the degree of that. Yeah, I remember uh, I dad about something. And as soon as he answered the phone, I had this shooting pain down my left side. I'm like, hey, dad, how's it going? I'm like, I didn't understand the pain. And um, and he's like, oh, I have this terrible sciatica. I'm like, dad, let me guess. Is it on your left side? He's like, yeah. I said, does it go all the way down and wrap around your ankle? He goes, yeah. How do you know that? You know, and he he was like miles away from me. I said, Dad, let me just let me just do something right now while you're on the phone. Let's see if we can clear it. And so as I cleared it out of my body, it cleared out of his body. He's like, oh, I feel so much better. I don't know what you do. I don't understand it, but thanks. <laughs> it's so true. It's like when people say, I don't understand how you can read or sense energy without being in front. You don't need that in front, that physical in front to be able to feel that energy. And, and even... People who aren't aware of their own gift will have had experiences and maybe haven't realized that either. You know, their child might be away at college and all of a sudden they're like, oh, my gosh, I think they hurt their foot. I think they hurt their. Why am I thinking? And then calling. Oh, yeah, I fell off my bike, you know, going to class. Right. So that is a physical empath. 
And then there's an emotional empath. The emotional empath is um, where you also feel that physical element, but it turns into an emotional side of it. So do crowds make you feel sick or tired or exhausted? Um, do you tend to look out for the underdog? Uh, have you ever felt someone else's emotions in your body, mind, and soul? Uh, are you chronically tired or do you suffer from depression or anxiety? Those are the emotional sides of an empath. And those are, this one is the one that a lot of people get, you're crazy. You must be, you must just be crazy or here's an antidepressant because this will just cure it. And it's so frustrating for an emotional empath or again, you know, you're crying at everything. What's wrong with you? You must be bipolar, you know, and it's, it becomes that stigma that, and, and maybe you are, maybe you are, you know, maybe you have bipolar, maybe you do have anxiety, maybe it's made you have anxiety. It's sometimes a double-edged sword with it, but it shouldn't be called out as a name. It shouldn't be name called in, in that right. way. And so, and well, that's that why but that's why people that don't uh, quite understand how empaths operate and what they take on, then they can, uh, they just ignore it, you know, or they, they have to put a label on it so they don't have to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? They, right. I've been to doctors at, with all those things you talked about. I was doing the bobblehead thing as you were listing those. And, um, and, and I had a doctor say it's all in your head. I was like, okay, that's that's just, and maybe it was right. It was in my head, but it was mine. Sure, mine. So, yeah. And okay. So go on. Grief does tend to bring this up a little bit more. You know, if you're an empath and you're going through grief, it does bring the emotional empath, you know, piece to it. Another, like you are an emotional empath. If is if you really have a hard time watching television or listening to a story where somebody's injured or an animal is injured, that is another sort of key element with an emotional empath. Or if you have vivid dreams that are very, um, like you're reliving a negative, sort of like a premonition that is scary, spooky, because it's kind of caught up into your emotional aura you know, and you haven't been able to discharge it in any way. So you're not crazy. Anyone who's experienced this is not crazy. They just have to learn how to cope with it. Right. And you guys, Christy has lists in the book and, and I went through the list for the, for the physical and for the emotional. I ticked almost every single one, but then there's other, um, empathic, uh, what do you want to call them? Types. Yeah, so then we have the intuitive empath, and the intuitive empath is, um, are you able to help others verbalize what they're feeling? So these are often those that go into the spiritual field, or they go into psychiatry or psychology or social work, because they can get to the root of the cause without that person being, a the other person being able to verbalize it. There's a knowing and they're often the ones that are the lie detectors. So that there is a sort of a, a, a frustration that comes from this one because you're like, you're lying to my face. I don't know how to call you out on it because I don't have evidence, but I know that you're lying to my face. 
it, it's one of those. And it can be frustrating, especially if you're working in corporate world or if you're with a spouse that isn't, or even a child. My kids knew I can't lie to mom because <laughs> she's got that on all. So my spouse too, my husband as well. But it, it can be very frustrating. The other one is, do you trust your gut when deciding on a manner? Do you like to stay busy or are you always distracted? That's another one that sometimes plays with the anxiety of everything. Um, because it's like if you sit down, you're feeling everything. You're having to sort of deal with that intuitive empath and, and not sure what to do. Um, often intuitive empaths are very creative or they need the outlet of creativity in order to... Um, like seal from that. And another one is like, do you like colorful clothes? Do you, do you wear mismatched socks? You know, all of those things where sometimes people aren't necessarily intuitive empaths aren't necessarily very organized, but they need to be organized in a physical way. They will feel better, but they feel like, oh no, I know where I, everything is in this place. Right. That's all my piles. I have piles everywhere. Oh yeah. I know where that right. is. Right. But really, but do you? But do you? You kind of know where it is, but do you? So that is an intuitive. And then the the next one, the last one that I have listed is the earth path. And I have a lot of people who are like, I don't fit any of those other categories. And then you get to earth path, and they're like, did not know that this was a thing. Because earth empaths end up being the alpha empaths. A lot of times people think that an empath is somebody who um, is the weaker one, is the follower. That's untrue. But the the earth empath is someone who connects with animals, connects to the earth. They're the tree huggers. They are. They are the ones that love music and they vibrate by going outside into nature, whether it's skiing or jumping into a lake. Um, they often will feel the weather patterns before maybe a meteorologist does. And they really, they love to stargaze. They're very connected to food. And if they eat, a lot of times they end up becoming vegetarians or they end up, you know, really kind of figuring out what they want to eat because they start to feel bad for the animals or they emerge into... Uh, balancing that a little bit more out with their with their nutrition intake. Uh -huh. A lot of times they end up having some nutritional decreases like low vitamin D or low magnesium or something aligned with that too. So I get a lot of people like, oh, I don't, didn't even know that an earth empath was a thing. Um, it's a thing. It's, you know, again, it's the one that loves to stargaze or loves to look at the moon or is affected by the moon. Um, I love the earth empath. I probably, I am a tree hugger. I am. I definitely, I'm also an indoor. I love being indoors too. So I'm kind of a half and half and I love animals. I am snow white. I can go outside and a bird will land on me or a butter, a bunch of butterflies will find me or what have you. Even in the ocean, jellyfish will surround me. Never been stung, but I will be surrounded by jellyfish. Wow. Scary. Now, bats will find me if I'm in, even outside, you know, people are like, oh, the bats don't bother you, and they're dive bombing me. I, I've gotten used to it, but it is being an earth empath, for sure. Well, and I had never heard of that before, but it 
it makes a lot of sense, you know, and it makes a lot of sense for the people that are choosing to be vegetarian and vegan. Um, I, another, that is vegan. Oh, go ahead. another subcategory of that is locations. So this is going to sound really strange, but if you've ever been to a city or a state or an area and you went, gosh, I don't like this. I don't know why I don't like this. I just don't like this. Or if you go to a location and you're like, I've never been here before, but I love this. This is like my place. That is also an earth empath because you're connecting to the earth or that area. Wow, that makes a lot of sense. And it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so then in all of these empathic, uh, empathic ways of interacting with uh, our reality um there's times where i as as an empath or as a, a as a budding empath let me put it that way where i finally said okay i'm going to take off all the stuff that i was hiding under and now i'm going to be this and then i would go out and get zinged and zonged and you know out in the world so i because i didn't have boundaries i i was any boundary i built in a narcissistic marriage was torn down so boundaries are huge for empaths, right? It, it is probably talked about all through my book a million times. And people are probably really tired of hearing that B word because we have a lot of excuses for not creating boundaries. We, we often will be like, oh, but I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Who's hurting your feelings, my friend? Who's exactly. hurting yours? Exactly. The one that's getting, you know, cut in this broken relationship. But they do. We empaths attract narcissists. They do until you put up a boundary or until you put up a shield. Um, walking away is another one. Just unapologetically saying, this doesn't work for me. You don't even have to say no. This just doesn't work for me. And who can argue with that? You know, if you say no, they'll be like, but why? It yeah. just doesn't work for me. What are they going to say? That is a complete sentence. Um, And, you know, working on self-healing is huge. And like you said, knowledge of it is huge as well. Coming to terms with being in your own skin and your own spiritual body and that it is a gift and that we were brought here for a reason, for a purpose, and it isn't to be walked all over like a welcome man. Well, and so... I know in my experience, and so for people that haven't, weren't taught how build boundaries, hold boundaries, my boundaries erode, in, you know, often. And it's often around people that I love, right? right. And, and, and I, so my boundary somehow softens a little bit. And then all of a sudden, there's, there's a breach in the wall, you know, and I was like, no longer a boundary, right? Too much and uh i'm currently walking through that right now with my dad so it's like whoa um so be building boundaries what are some ways christy that people um can energetically you you explain the verbal here's my boundary here's i won't do that anymore i'm walking away it doesn't work for me all that stuff but how do you do it energetically because i notice sometimes if i just build my boundary up before i go see my dad then I don't necessarily have to say, Dad, I'm not doing that for you. Well, and that's what we can do. The white light of protection, we can call on our spirit guides. I'll get a little more woo-woo with that. 
We do have the bodyguards on the other side that help protect us and they help reinforce those boundaries. They remind us saying, remember, you set that boundary. You need to continue. That will help you, but you need to still continue that boundary instead of going, oh, okay, I can do that. Now, I will say family is is probably the hardest to keep that boundary because we are, and on our generation was taught yeah. to respect our elders. Our generation was taught they are the everything. And then we have the guilt, oh, we might not have them for long, so... You know, I'll just let them walk on me with this and that. And those guilt trips are expensive. They're more expensive than a trip to Hawaii. Those guilt trips that our that our parents and our kids and and such give us. Um, so putting the shield of protection up. I also think it's important to sort of write down what does a boundary mean for you for that person, oh. and keep a journal of that so you can go back to it because it will be different the boundary for your boss, for your best friend, for your next door neighbor. What does that boundary look? And then look at ways that you can reinforce that once you have it written and look at ways that you can heal yourself or what you will say in different situations as well so that you have almost a script. I just heard a script and I love a script. I need a script. Uh, that yeah. That's a great suggestion, Christy, because years ago, uh, when I was working through stuff because I was going into divorce and, you know, my therapist said, you don't have boundaries. I didn't even really understand what that was. A lot of people do not realize what that is. And that, I mean, most people think that it's being bitchy. It's saying no to everything. Then it's not necessarily true. But I will say that a lot of people, whether they're narcissists or not, people don't like boundaries. If you're asking for help or if you're asking for advice or assistance and the person on the other end says, that doesn't work for me, but this time and date works for me, and we're such an instant gratification society, we immediately put up the wall, the porcupine needles, and say, well, now you've hurt me. And now the tables have been turned because you've put the boundary up or that person has put the boundary up. And that's where it goes, okay, I got to keep this going. It's a their problem. It's not a my problem. I offered them a varying suggestion that would work for me and within my boundary. I'll give you a for instance. Um, say you have to attend something with an ex that you don't really want to attend, but you have to because of your kids. And so you can even say it in your head or say it to your child because it means everything I will stay from this time to that time. And after this time, I know how much time I can deal with my ex. I know when the triggers start to happen. And therefore, I will stay at this time. And if they say, well, I want you to stay the whole time, that's them again trying to invade your boundary and saying, but I won't be the best person for you if I do that. So this is the compromise that's going to make us all okay. And you have to stick to that because yeah. you then chip away at pieces of who you are in the meantime. And I think as we look at, I, I did a class about psychic vampires, which is very connected to this. And in the class, I told them to write down all of the people that they deal with in their life on a piece of paper and then write down the people that they really want to deal with and 
compare the two. And they were like, I am floored. Like I deal with like 35 people, you know, often, and I really only want to deal with three of them. Said, okay, well then see your boundaries are going to be different between all of them. You know, it, it, so now I want you to write down what is a non-negotiable. If they do this, what is non-negotiable for you? Like you will not let them invade your boundary. And that is, again, that sort of script, that muscle memory is once you have it in front of you, it becomes, you have an awakening. You honestly have an awakening with it. Yeah. I had um, a very, very dear friend, and she'll probably listen to this recording, um, who I had been a friend for 30, 40 years, and um, I kept putting up a boundary and she really wasn't listening. And she wasn't listening and it was depleting me. Um, and so I finally had to say, that's it. And, and, and the relationship, it was heartbreaking for me. And I'm, and I'm sure it was heartbreaking and shattering for her. And every time I check in, it's been like three years now and I still check in with myself. Can I bring her back into my life? But there was, because she didn't listen to me and she didn't honor my request. And, and I got to where it was, I was yelling. And she still didn't hear. So I can't bring that kind of person back in. It's, it's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not that everybody. No, it is. And it, and I didn't realize, um, I, it, it was a codependency thing for both of us that went, so that neither of us was growing because we were so codependent on each other for so many years. And, um, and so what I've noticed now in my ripe old age, Christy, uh, that, I need to really, on a regular basis, check in with myself to see who am I inviting into yeah. my mental, emotional space, my physical, like in my home, that are these people, people that lift me up and make my heart sing, or are they people that drain me? And then, you know, not allow those people that drain you, unless they're family, sometimes family has to come in, you know. Right. But not allow those people into your space, energetically, emotionally. And a good gauge, and this is going to sound like a no-brainer, but a lot of people ignore it. If you get a text message or a phone call from that person, you immediately go, oh, talk to them. That is a person you need to put a boundary up. Or maybe cut them out of your life lovingly. It is such a gauge. If because then you're just letting them steal your energy if it's somebody or maybe you're going through something at that moment maybe it's not a forever i mean they say we bring in people with a, a lifetime you know or a season you know or for a reason so it might not necessarily be forever to cut them out but you can take a break we can do the frat thing we're on a break we have to take a break and i think that that's what I, i've had the same situation that you talked about happen I actually still check in with the person every so often, but I also say I'm still keeping this wall up because I was hurt so badly and she was obviously hurt so badly and neither of us want to go through that ever again. So you probably will never be my best friend again, but I still will love you. And I still, if something terrible were to happen or if you need me, I probably still will be there for you, but I won't, I might, I might. My expectations will be di different. 
And I think that that's another thing is what's your expectation in each of the relationships that you have? Right. It, it, and that's that's important to even be, again, another thing I wasn't consciously aware of if, um, was my expectation of the other individual. And um, and then and then my my response, my expectation, not her, but my expectation of that individual, my response to it. And, and you just take out that expectation and then it, it calms things down. So when it's all one sided, it can be so give, 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 give. And, you know, they're taking, 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 taking. And you're you're left depleted with that. You're allowed to rearrange your relationships. Now, I know if you have a boss or if you have a parent, you have to finesse that a little bit more. And it's a little bit more self-healing that you have to put into yourself. You have to, after my sessions, I, after every session, I do what I call a wipe off. I wipe off their energy physically and I kind of reinstate my shield of protection and I take a deep breath because I used to carry everybody's stuff with me. I would go and get nothing and I would think of everything. And now I'm so much better, but I see so many people who don't do that. Yeah, I I I have to do that as well. I but I do it like I I call it an energy bath, you know, and just pull all yeah. that energy off and send it down into the earth. Um, so but there's something you were just saying about um rearranging the relationship because it, uh, what I found is I would give, 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 and then be exhausted. And so I was, I've been learning how not to immediately give, you know, like that was like my gut reaction. Right. Mm. So let me just sit, sit back and let me just listen. And, and let me just see, is this something that I need to address? Or like you said earlier, may, or maybe the person just needs to talk about it. But then that I'm finding gives me a little more balance in that relationship. So I'm not overgiving and they're not sucking me dry and yeah. boundaries uh, are easier to uphold uh, for myself. I say, take a beat, take a breath. And a lot of times that it's the whole count to 10 thing that we learned when we were younger. It's a yeah. similar you know, attribute. And say, really, honestly, ask yourself, are they really asking of me the expectation? What is the expectation in this conversation? What is the expectation? And because empaths are, I, I just listened to a news story, which drove, oh, no, it wasn't a news story. It was a masterclass that I just watched. And it was on people who lie. And one of the attributes that they said that people who lie do is that they overshare or they overtell or they over exaggerate. And I'm like, or they're just a Scorpio because I'm not lying. I just do all of that. Yeah. And so I, I'm looking at my husband and I'm like, no, I just give you every detail that you do not need to know. And I'm not lying. I'm just giving you all those details. And so. I have learned, though, that not everybody needs to know everything about what's going on. And it's not that they don't care, but sometimes they don't care. Sometimes they right. don't. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I've had similar experiences. And I, th so one of my mantras this year has been keep your mouth shut. Susan. Just keep your mouth shut, you know, because everybody doesn't need to know that they, they need to know. I, I really have uh, become a proponent of self. I have always been that way, actually, all my adult life, that I need to be self-responsible and therefore you need to be self-responsible. And so I'll teach you how to be self-responsible. Yeah. 
So now I'm like, okay, I'm going to be self-responsible by keeping my mouth shut. And if, if that person wants to ask me, then I'm happy to give them what it is I think they, they can use or, or try on or whatever. But um, just keeping my mouth shut because the, uh, the, because in order for individuals to learn to become self-responsible, they have to fall down. It's like little kids, right? They have to scrape their knees. They have to go, oh, that didn't work. But oh, look, I did that. And that makes me feel good. I feel so much better. And look, I can take care of myself now. There's two things with that, though, is the first thing is once you do that, I don't know if you've been getting this. I have a lot of people that go, are you okay? Is there something wrong? Because I'm normally the, and I'm like, nope, nothing's wrong. The other thing is, is the empath ends up being or wants to be the hero. They want to be the savior. They don't want to see that person hurt. So they do jump. And they try to prevent any of that from happening. And that is such a good like takeaway of learning. They have to, because eventually we're not going to be here, you know, right? Whether it's a friend or a child or a spouse or about, you know, a neighbor or whatever, we're not always going to be available. And we have so many scars on us from taking the fall, body, mind, and soul. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is, is embracing that you're not supposed to be in charge of everybody. You don't have to be in charge of everybody's emotions. Yeah. You know, I think that uh, for me, I don't know about you, Krista, but I think I I came in with that. uh, And it's also being a Scorpio. But I think it was also being a little kid and not being allowed. And, you know, in my family of origin, there was a, a disallowing of my ability so I just did it on the on the low down you know and so now I just take care of people way too much and and my family says why are you doing that you don't need to do that let me do that let me do the dishes I'm like or you know whatever it is okay you can take care of well, me. But, but normally the knee-jerk reaction is no I've got this it's okay right. and then we complain why are we doing everything and why are we exhausted and our loved ones are like, we have been asking you. And then they get reprogrammed that you're just going to do everything. Exactly. And so they go sit down and turn on the television. I'm like, how come I'm in here by myself doing all the... Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a process. You also have suggestions of um, crystals, which I love using crystals. I, it's a necessary thing for me. Um, with essential oils, things like that. Um, so... What's the reason for crystals and essential oils? So for people that don't even know. Sure. And, and I've also got affirmations in there. There's um, good affirmations, you know, with regards to and what it is. It's a, it's a regrounding of yourself. So crystals, I laugh because a lot of my guys that come into my office, my professional office is just filled with crystals. And they typically will pick one up during their session and they'll play with it. And yet they're like, what does this do? This doesn't do anything. And yet it did. So different crystals have a different tool to them. They have a different healing element to them. And not it's not a one size fits all. So a lot of people will say, I actually don't like amethyst. And amethyst is the one that everybody goes to. So I, I, I don't necessarily believe in that it has an exact gift for every single person. Yeah. Um, but I do believe that it has an ability to assist. Every crystal has an ability to assist in what you need at that time. With an essential oil, it's a vibration. 
shifts or heals your vibration. And that's important for people, I, everybody that's listening. I think it's important to recognize that we are vibrational beings. We are energy. And right. so things that come into our vibration, like we've been talking about with the boundaries and stuff like that. There's other things like crystals and essential oils that can align or shift the, our personal energy vibration into a higher a higher experience, into a, an alignment with your higher self. But it can also, the crystals, because they're energy, it's because it's all energy. We're all energy. It doesn't matter. Everything's an adamant. The tree is an energy. Your dog is an energy. Everything is. And it, and the more we become aware that everything is energy, Jason Mraz has a song about that. Anyway, um, <laughs> but I love Jason. Yeah. We become aware that everything is energy. Then then it, it actually, I think, becomes a little easier to navigate life because, wow, okay, so I, I need to kind of pay attention to what I was just around and, and is that, like we've been talking about, for especially for empaths. So Christy, share just a bit about your personal story. My story is, I think, similar to a lot of other empaths. I grew up in a very traditional religious household, and I was born with the ability to have the psychic ability, the mediumship ability, and the empathic ability. And my parents were not at all thrilled. And I was in a very trauma-filled household where my mom, I think, was also very empathic. And instead, they took it as mental illness. She ended up actually ending up in a mental institutions where they did terrible, horrible things to her. And my dad was was not until he was older did he become much more compassionate and sympathetic, but when I was growing up, he was very hard-nosed, military, army, you know, you do this, women don't go to college, women become secretaries, you know, and and it was it was very black and white in the world that I lived in. And my mom conformed to that. So I became the cheerleader for everybody and ended up marrying somebody who was a lot like my father, had two beautiful kids with him. Don't cheat on somebody that knows things, who's that lie detector, and then say that you're not cheating. Divorced him. Had to, uh, somehow, I found this ability, the strength within me to decide to divorce him because he really didn't want the divorce. And it was a toxic relationship. And worked in corporate world, did, did college worked a full-time job, did college full-time, paid for it all myself, never took out a student loan. Not saying that any of that is good because, again, it's like, I've got to do this. I'm not going to allow anybody else to help me. I am, I'm going to show them whoever them was. Right, right, right. right. You know, and so as I evolved and as my vibration evolved and as my mediumship evolved, I actually went to my Lutheran minister who was very traditional and on the pulpit was teaching that everything I was experiencing was demonic and terrible horrible. And I ended up giving him a reading. So a child of his that nobody in the parish knew existed came through. And I said, I have your son here and he doesn't want you to feel guilty anymore. The child had drowned on his watch and he never spoke his name. He never talked about him. It was a very hush-hush and he started crying and he said, I think that you need to find a mentor. And I think that you are supposed to be a healer. And it does whatever you classify it as. He didn't love the psychic medium, you know, aspect of it. 
whatever you classify it as, I think that this is what you should do. And I was working in mainstream and human resources where there wasn't a lot of human left in human resources. And then I was trying to bring it back. And it wasn't loved either. And sort of that the same experience we were talking earlier, where my boss, I he was a horrible, horrible person who actually hired me, but he hated me. And because I was the, I actually got written up for smiling before 9 a.m. for being too cheery. It was like one of my apple So he wrote up for that. And I eventually said, I'll have to find a new job after like 10 years. I was just miserable after fighting the system. And I heard my guide say, you look for another job, but you also send this man love. And I'm like, him love. I need the love. And so as he passed my desk every day or every time, I would send him sunshine, puppies, kittens, rainbows, love. I would just just invade him with all the positivity. And what ended up happening is I started to vibrate higher and I started to heal. And he would do every Friday. He would do, I have 370 days and 14 hours or whatever to, to retirement. And we knew by the second when you know what they were gonna say because we would all mouth it at once with one another so he called us into a meeting spontaneously and he said i'm retiring tomorrow where he stopped like a year left and he looked at me and he said what spell did you put on me wow and i said i don't know what you're talking about and he said i have felt more happier and healthier than i ever have and he goes and it's Every time I walk past your desk and I don't know what you're doing, but I finally came to terms that I am no good for any of you and I need to be good for myself and I need you to be okay for you. And he retired and became a client of mine <laughs> after I quit my job. <laughs> That's an amazing story. It's in so many components of it, of how we can help others. Uh, to to elevate their vibration and and heal themselves just by being love, just by being love. And every time you walk by your desk, wow. So often wish karma on people, and I often say you can't. You have to offer them love, and I know it's hard, you know, because there's circumstances where it it is so hard, you know, to do that. And I've witnessed it in my office where I've said, I don't know if I could have done what they did you know, the good that they've done. I don't know after the experience of losing a child and forgiving the murderer. I don't know if I could do that. Um, but you don't know until you're in that spot. And if you can right. vibrate, you know, and send that love, you know, whether it's true and act, because immediately we tighten up when it's someone that we, we're mad at or we're hurt by, we immediately send that, I don't like them and I'm going to protect myself. An empath does it often. And instead, it's like, I got to breathe because it's affecting me. I can't, I can't drink the poison and hope that they're going to die. I'm drinking both of our poison. <laughs> right. So put the poison down and start <laughs> sending sunshine puppies and rainbows at people. And it, they, I will have clients that say, okay, I stopped doing this and I started doing this. Or I have a child that hasn't talked to me in 15 years. And instead of doing that, oh, I'm so sad and I'm mad. I have instead sent them love and they're like, I never in a million years thought that they would call me and they've called me out of the blue and we're being cautious with this relationship, but they still call me because you're vibrationally at least finding a middle ground instead of climbing down to the bottom feeders where you don't belong. 
big bad lawns with the bottom batters. That's where you're attracting more bottom feeders. Stop. Right. Right. And then they just dogpile on you and you can't get out for a while. So as you're talking, Christy, there's what advice would you give everybody? Uh, Because currently, as we're recording this, there was the the, the horrible devastation in Syria and Turkey due to uh, earthquakes that um, have caused tremendous death and destruction. There is Russia versus Ukraine, and it's not a soccer match and death and destruction and mental i can't even imagine the mental mental and emotional destruction that's happening to these people that are being forced to do heinous things and or surviving so what would you what would you recommend i've been sending a lot of love and light but i what would you recommend that we it is hard and and during this time that we're recording i live in michigan and michigan state just had a shooting and we lost three of our students and several others are fighting for their life in a world that's so full of hate we can't keep hating we can't keep vibrating at that level because that's what the lower vibrations and whether you call the devil or whether you call lower vibration or whatever you want to call it that's what they want us to do the cream does rise and yeah and it is hard so one for an empath we really do need to negotiate what headlines and how much we read and the context that we take in because it does impact us don't stay naive but also don't be spending three hours before bedtime going down the rabbit hole of all of this information because it will start to change you and it'll it'll dim your light you can't do that the other thing is doing something fun you know you have to add play to your life and not feel guilty because there is a war or there is an earthquake there's no comparison. You cannot compare. I often I had someone say, boy, you lost your dad, but you're laughing. And I said, me laughing or being happy doesn't take away or negate or void my grief. It doesn't do that. You can't judge someone for that. So we need to one, stop judging people for their reactions to things and stop judging ourselves for that. And I, I also think, like you said, just sending love. You know, I, I know that people are like, well, we need to stop with the prayer and the love and we need to take action. I think action is beneficial. Absolutely. You know, if you know what action, if you want to give money, if you want to donate to a charity, if you want to go volunteer, if you want whatever you want to do, whatever feels good for you, but also don't let anyone guilt you into doing yeah. that with if it doesn't feel yeah. pain to you yeah so that's a really tough world yeah and sometimes people say we should take it we should take action but they need they get us the 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 decision they somebody else should take action um one of the things that i've been doing when i get woken up in the middle of the night is um once i check in okay do i really have to go pee or 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 is uh i just put a blanket of peace myself and my husband over my dad over you know my son and his wife i send a blanket of peace over to the ukraine to russia as well because you know it doesn't matter if uh the perpetrator like desmond tutu talked about during um apartheid that the, the perpetrators are as much a victim as the victim and so to send them love to send them peace a blanket of peace and because i think 
or I believe, I do I have evidence of it? Meh. But I think that instilling a vibration of peace and love will calm down the mental uh, survival instinct that is looped on that side of the earth. And same with the like in in Michigan, the 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 people that were shot and the and the shooters. You know, right? Just a blanket of peace and love. It doesn't doesn't mean forgiveness or right. condoning. But right. it does enough to calm down the energy so what's what can be seen and what needs to be healed can be healed. Well, yeah, because if we dial into all of that negative, then we're just attracting more of that negative. And it's a thing, you know, I, I know a lot of, you know, cynics and skeptics and analytical people will say that's hogwash, but it's not. It's words are things, feelings are things. It again goes back to the energy. And if we are vibrating at that higher level, then those things won't happen, or at least we'll be able to help heal what does happen. It's, um, it is, I mean, not to get into a theological element of that, but in The Shack, I don't know if you ever read the book or watched the movie The Shack, but in it, a terrible thing happens and he's mad at god who i will call the divine you know i'm mad at the universe i'm mad at that and the god says i didn't create this i didn't create all of this havoc i created the ability to help you heal through all of this and it's such a similar you know message is you know we say well why would god do this god didn't do this our world is full of evil and positive and we need to be an army of positive. Right. Exactly. I so agree with you. Christy, thank you for joining me today. And thank you for the conversation. And and thank you, thank you, thank you for you being you. Thank you for you being you. It it, it is powerful. So the book everybody is called Embrace Your Empathy. And um Christy, do you you have a website that people can I do too? It's my name, Christy Robinette.com. Two T's, no E. Llewellyn is my publisher. You can find it on their website, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, anywhere books are sold. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of places that books are sold anymore. My family knows stores. So if you do have a smaller bookstore in your town, you can order from them, give them the business. Um, but it is widely available. Even Walmart has it in some places. Okay. So, and this is a fabulous book and Christy has several others. So check out her website. And um, if you have a little inkling that you're, you maybe are empathic, this was a great tool for me. It really just kind of clarified and I could drop some of my old story. So thank you for that, Christy. I appreciate it. Or if your child is an empath, because I have a whole, a whole chapter on child empaths too. So if you don't know what to do with your child who is an empath, there's some good nugget to help you parent through that or if your partner is an empath to help you with that too thank you so much for having me on i really enjoyed this you're welcome so i'm just going to end with and so it is namaste well that wraps up our empowering chat today i hope you enjoyed it and if you did go to susanburrell.com you can see all the information about my new book live an empowered life a 30-day journey You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website and just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience.
can also contact me through the website at susan at susanmorell.com. So that's it for today. See you next time. <laughs>